Good morning and welcome to the Robin Report. I'm your host, Elliot Robin, so get ready to get triggered. Good morning and welcome to the Robin Report. I'm your host, Elliot Robin, and with me is my expert panel, uh, Amara, Samuel, and uh, Jessica. How are you guys? Good. Great. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Uh, I think I'm a bit hot or somebody's a bit hot, their mic. Um, let's just turn their mics off for a second while we figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we're just going to fix that in a second, but uh, welcome to The Robin Report. Uh, as mentioned, I'm your host with our expert panel. Uh, how are you guys? I think I asked that, but how are you guys? Good? Yeah? Good. Living the dream. So, um, to begin, all opinions expressed are not those of Ryerson or Ryerson faculty and are only those of the individual commentators. Viewer discretion is advised. Let's start with our uh, brief uh, recap of the week. Uh, now, we had three things lined up. Uh, I'm going to change one of them, and it's going to be about what we talked about last week, the Canadian federal election, because that's probably the biggest newsmaker uh, we had uh, last week. Um, the Liberals won a minority government, and uh, one of the biggest things I want to talk about this was the fact that independent candidate Jody Wilson-Raybould won her seat. What do you guys think of that? Are, are, are the mics okay? Somebody, do you want to turn mic four off for a sec? Yeah, it's four. Yeah, so turn it four down a bit. Try that. Go ahead, Jessica. Hello? There, yeah, turn <laughs> four down a bit even further. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, I sound better now. Yeah. I mean, I have a horrible uh, voice. And even, even <laughs> me a bit. Turn me down a bit. And Sam? Just a bit. And myself? Or, and, and you, sorry? Weird. I can hear a lot of... Maybe... You can hear outside. Yeah, I can literally hear outside, but... It sounds okay. I just hear this, like, sound. I don't know yeah, what it is. Yeah, I you hear know, too. You know? Turn off uh, Jessica's mic for a sec. It's, it's, it's with Jessica's mic. I don't know what it is, but... Silencing my voice. <laughs> I don't know. Um, turn it back on? Yeah, it's yeah. mine. I don't know. I guess we'll have to... Turn it down a little more. Let's see what happens. Further? Further? <laughs> Further? Jessica, go ahead. Hello. Just talk louder? Uh, climate change uh, is yeah. climate yes. If you talk louder, we'll be okay. It's okay. better. I just have to scream. But, yeah. Scream my opinions. Everybody listen to me. No, I'm <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> uh, But uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould winning uh, the her seat I as an independent? That's great. Um, obviously, as an independent, it means more. But considering everything that happened with her and Trudeau, I think it's great. Mm -hmm. it's a good thing. It, Sam, it doesn't push the um, the uh, power from like the minority government to form a majority in any sense, even if like the NEP did uh, cooperate with the Liberals. So it's a it's a good, um, I think, uh, as a show of uh, her integrity and her ability as a politician, it's a good thing. And to have you know varying voices in the House is good, but uh, it probably won't have much impact. Jessica, 
Uh, surprisingly, I have to agree with that. Um, I think it, yeah, it shows the power of of her abilities and her voice, and um, just the vast support that she received. And that obviously didn't come just because people were voting the party; it came from they were voting for her, which I think shows a lot more in the integrity of of her as a as a politician. Yeah, it's quite. Uh, I I just think it's great that she was able to win her seat. You know, as Sam said, I don't think she'll have much power, but the mere fact that she did it is quite is quite a feat because Jane Philpott, uh, Selena Cesares, they didn't do it. They weren't able to win as independents. Uh, Liana Alislav won as part of a different party, so that shows that she's, you know, a good candidate for the riding and, and they like her. But uh, But let's move on to, I guess, some positive news. The leader of ISIS was killed. So like a dog, yeah. Yay! Any any <laughs> thoughts on that? I mean, I mean, a bad man is dead. Yeah, um, I think we can just chop it up to that. Um, I don't necessarily agree with Trump wanting to release the footage. I think it just—I mean, somebody still is dead, regardless of who it is, and as horrible a person he is, I. I I don't really think we need to. I think it's just kind of death. gruesome. Yeah, like, are people just gonna like enjoy watch it? Like, it's just I understand it. Like, I don't think anybody sh- like no one's sad about it no. here. Um, I think it is a good thing, but it's it's just kind of gruesome, gruesome. to gruesome. be watching a murder and enjoying it. I feel like that's it's just doesn't really have place in civilized society. I feel also it makes it seem very cinematic and more of a not more just not reality like it, it seems oh this is like a movie because you know you watch a million movies out there and all these you know there's the common narrative of the bad guy is shot down and the horrible terrorists are murdered and it would I don't know I think it would take away just how horrible of an organization this is and the reality behind the fact and showing brutality and murder and guns and violence it it really doesn't do anything for the betterment of society we can just leave it at he's dead he's been murdered through killing himself um that's all we need to know was bin laden's footage released or no i don't no. think so no not wasn't. even a picture of no. him dead wow i thought there was a picture was that it was a, it was a fake one yeah Oh. There was a lot of controversy behind that one, like saying that he was actually yeah, murdered beforehand. You know, he's been dead for a while. And I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know any. I didn't research it enough. And I don't know if any of the controversy is just, you know, people starting whatever um, to take power away from something. But, um, yeah, I don't think there was actual legitimate, prov- legitimately proven footage released behind that event. Hmm. Well, in other international news, let's move on to the UK, where Prime Minister Boris Johnson did not get enough votes to for to call an early election. Now, that means that he won't be able to get a majority to vote for a Brexit deal. What does that mean? You know, Brexit has been this has been going on for so many years, and mm-hmm. nothing's happened, right? What 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 are you? What's your take on that? The EU the EU pushed the deadline back to January thirty first, twenty twenty, I think. Um, I mean, I don't really have a lot of feelings about Brexit. I'm not, I haven't researched it too much. I just think it's, um, kind of comical how it, like, I know people didn't think that Brexit, like, uh, they were going to vote for Brexit and then it happened and it still hasn't really happened. Yeah. So I'm just interested to see what does happen. It's funny because whenever there was, um, in the, p- the past two years, I think it is almost two years, uh, whenever there was an extension of the agreement or, they were reaching some kind of conclusion to the uh, withdrawal. The uh, value of the British pound would fluctuate, but with this most recent um, 
ordeal hasn't really fluctuated that much, I guess, because the market's kind of adjusted to the fact that this is going to happen every, you know, a couple months. So maybe yeah. we shouldn't, uh, you know, expect much, mm-hmm. which is I found pretty funny. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's just it's been such an extenuated and long process with no real alco- outcome. And obviously, there's not a lot of, you know, gung-ho this definitely i would definitely want this kind of support behind it which is why it keeps getting repealed and postponed and all that kind of stuff um on i honestly don't have any idea what will happen um i i am interested to see what the final outcome and kind of just to put this all to bed to be honest uh it just it seems like it's been an incredibly drawn out process and other european mm-hmm. countries that you know have significant uh uh, voices in their parliament and in the EU, uh, I guess it's called EU Parliament. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. The, um, uh, they're looking towards the UK and how they withdraw, and seeing how the procedure is. And I'm sure when they do eventually withdraw or not, um, it would impact you know these movements from these other countries that are leaning towards leaving, leaving like um, uh, Italy, and then uh, I think there's some Eastern European and Balkan countries too. Mm-hmm. Well, it's definitely something. So when's the election going to happen then? You know, if it's not going to be an early election, when's the election happening? In the UK? Yeah. Oh, well, well, they have to lose the confidence of the House. I mean, they kind of all agree on the not leaving. I mean, there's a narrow margin, but I don't know. I'm not too knowledgeable about British politics. I'm just interested in the EU, but um, I don't know. It could be anywhere, mm-hmm. anytime. Yeah. I mean, the scheduled one, and if they don't call it early, it is for uh, May 2022. But May 2022. That's, I, it's definitely going to be called early. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, well, lastly, in a little more concerning news, uh, there's some raging wildfires in California, um, which relates to our main topic, I feel. But, um, you know, people have been uh, evacuated, right? People mm-hmm. have been evacuated from their homes. Um, and it's not the first time. Like, this has happened many times last year. Uh, what What can we do about it, you know? It's uh, every time that this happens, I'm just even more shocked that it happens at such a vast level as well. Like everything that happened last year, there was just so much. It was millions upon millions of dollars in in damage, loss of homes, loss of lives, loss of pets, loss of ecology. Um, And then to think that it's happening at such a vast level again this year um, with more put in place like the... uh, cutting of like PG&E, cutting the power of, of things like that, which is having, uh, I mean, I do, I, I can see how, why that would be, that would think that that's a, a reasonable course of action to try to just limit uh, the amount of damage, but it's also having really, you know, negative effect effects on people's personal lives, not from the standpoint of, oh, I can't charge my phone, but from a really uh, scary level of people that are, are surviving on life support or on oxygen tanks. There's already been a death reported from a guy not being able to, to receive oxygen. So it's just, you know, what might be an idea to solve the problem. It's again, it's not it's not long term. That's not going to prevent fires from happening again next year. And it's really having detrimental effect to, to people's lives right now um so again this really ties into our talk of climate change today because we need more of a long-term solution for these vast climate disruptions Mm -hmm. um and ecological disruptions that are occurring more frequently yeah it's obviously not something positive uh that's happening and we we have to take care of it but let's move on to our main topic which as mentioned is climate change 
According to Encyclopedia Britannica, climate change is a periodic modification of Earth's climate brought about as a result of changes in the atmosphere as well as interactions between the atmosphere and various other geological, chemical, biological, and geographic factors within the Earth system. Now, as one of the biggest issues dominating the media, climate change is definitely something that people are split on. People are divided on the importance, the repercussions, and overall truth about climate change. On today's show, we dive deep into this issue and breathe a sigh of relief if we don't all die due to climate change when it's over. As a reminder, we are live on Facebook, so make sure to comment on our feed so that you can have your comments read live on air. Um, So let's start with our uh, polls on Facebook. So we asked uh, our audience a question, which was, are we in a climate crisis? And... Sam's pulling that up. What are the results? What was the question? Um, as one of the biggest topics dominating the media, it's time to get down... Oh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> Should climate change be classified as a climate emergency? Okay. And, and the options were? Uh, yes or no, we're steady. Okay. And the results? How many people voted? Seventy. Oh, uh, we got 85 votes. 72% wow. said yes, climate emergency. 28% said no. And that is 61 votes for yes and 24 for no, we're steady. Wow. And Jessica, what do we have on uh, Instagram on our vote for the same question? So same question. Um, we had 23 votes total. Uh, 57 voted yes, we are in a crisis. And um, 43% voted no, we are not in a crisis. Um, 13 votes for yes and 10 votes for no. So... Clearly, people are divided. I mean, the majority on Facebook have said that it's a problem, and it's it's quite evenly split on on Facebook on uh, Instagram. Um, and it's funny just looking at the people who voted. It's it's a very conservative liberal issue. I find mm-hmm. the people who voted no are generally more conservative than the people who voted yes. Um, but before we get into your thoughts on that, let's talk about the cause of climate change. What is causing it to happen, really, you know, as a society? Obviously, there's a scientific uh, explanation, which I just explained. But what is what are what what are we doing to cause it? I think the fossil fuel industry is a big cause because it's uh, higher levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Right? So the fossil fuel industry is a big emitter of of carbon dioxide. So I think that's probably one of the biggest ones right now. Oh, 100 um, percent. Like just the car- our carbon footprint in general. And I think um, I mean, especially in the Western world, when we have such like fast needs, fast fashion, um, you know, oh, the latest iPhones out, I have to get rid of my iPhone that I just got like last year to get something new. And that mentality, I think, is having a real big detrimental effect because it just increases um, waste in our society, which increases, uh, you know, our greenhouse gases, which eventually causes the global warming. And that's the problem that we're having now is just a the Earth's core is warming, which is having like the domino effect of if we only rise maybe a a degree or a degree and a half which is the most that we possibly can rise uh without having go without crossing the point of no return um that's what that's what are the causes so yeah we have major issues with the fossil fuel industry which is probably the biggest area that we could address to combat climate climate change and our climate crisis really um but also we have to address our own wasteful uh, practices. 
Sam? So I think the biggest uh, contributor is the uh, transition of large countries like China and India and Pakistan and some African countries like Nigeria to a lesser degree uh, from developing to developed uh, consumer industries, societies, I guess. And um, I don't really understand the, like, sure, it's in part due to Western uh, consumption habits and on a per capita basis. Uh, Canada and the U.S. and I believe Australia have the highest rates of, uh, you know, car- a larger carbon footprint. But um, I have this written down right here. Um, Canada, uh, Canadian greenhouse gases uh, levels account for 1.5% of global emissions. And that is in part due to the habits that we have, but also our small population. So I, I always get a little confused with the little, I guess, the not the hypocrisy, but the the conflicting ideas that exist when we say that we need to grow our industries and we need to grow our population through higher levels of immigration or just natural increase. And if we acknowledge that, uh, you know, Western consumer habits on a per capita basis lead to, you know, a larger carbon footprint, why would we want to increase our the size of our population? I know the it's something called the Millennia Initiative. I think that's what it's called. It wants to increase Canada's pop, uh, population to 100 million by the end, turn of the century. That's crazy if you acknowledge that we consume, you know, more products. So then the next question that I was going to ask was who are the biggest contributors? And you said China, for example, and India, and India, Pakistan, I think Nigeria, and some other African countries. And you know. Aside from who the biggest contributors are, when we talk about climate change, do scientists really agree on on the rate, on the fact that it's an issue? What are scientists saying? Um, what I've read multiple places is that 97% of climate scientists agree on the idea that um, climate change is a problem and that human activity is causing it. So I think, yeah, for the most part. You're always going to have a couple percent that are like, eh, no. You know, it's not as, it, you know, or they're whatever facts that they're finding. Even if they're saying that, yeah, it could be, it's not as an important issue. Some people are thinking that it's not as an important issue or it's not as detrimental. But I think the vast majority think that, say that it is, um, which proves the, which proves the state of emergency, I think, that we need to feel that we are in. So you do feel that we are in a state of emergency? We're in a state of crisis. Yeah. I, I like the... Terminology and nomenclature is a very powerful tool. If you read um, Saul Alinsky's um, Rules for Radicals, it, it defines how important uh, terminology is for changing the uh, discussion. So I just find it curious that we went from uh, global warming, which included you know acid rain and uh, the polar bears disappearing, even though there's uh, since Al Gore made in inconvenient truth the number of polar bears in the uh, in the northern climate of the world has increased. We went from global warming to climate change. When global warming wasn't digestible enough or didn't you know, arise enough fear, we went to climate change. And then that was too vague because is it cooling? Is it warming? I don't know. And now it's climate emergency. And that's been peddled you know, last six, five months, when I guess. When did global warming, when was that around? Like what Glo- time? I think it was around the time of incon- inconvenient truth, right? Was that like the 90s, yeah. early 2000s? Yeah. Early 2000s, so yeah. is it not possible that it's got worse and that's why the terminology is more urgent because it is more urgent? Well, I think it's more so because they realize that 
there isn't really a steady increase in global temperature. And I've even read this on mainstream publications where it's climate change can result in extreme weather, which is extreme colds or extreme Yeah, but that's hot. the that's, idea that it's yeah. climate change. It's not necessarily right, but I, but I just, I just, uh, I don't, um, I don't appreci- appreciate the, the gravity that we give scientific consensus when they change from such a, you know, a quick, uh, a, c- a quick conclusion. Did... It was like, it's heating. Oh, it's not heating. It's extreme. Like, so you think because you don't understand the switch no, from global say. warming no. to like climate change, I feel like scientists probably know what they're doing yeah, in and... terms of the mm-hmm. words they use to refer to it. And I think, um, yeah, that I, I think that they probably have a pretty good idea of why they're changing. I think it's more urgent and that's why. Exactly. And going off of that, like if you, if you, especially right now, people are hearing that it's not just global warming, it's a state of climate crisis. You're going to feel that you need to do more personally to combat these rises as well as even if like what you're doing personally is, you know, protesting against big business is who are the, one of the biggest culprits of the state of our climate right now, then they'll be more motivated to implement practice plans and practices. Like how, how would you see that through though? Like how does alarming people and calling it a crisis which is a new term right you, you just acknowledge like you change people's opinions so how would how would that come into practice like so how would creating alarmism or a would, sense of alarm because people it feels like oh there's a there's a there's a fire under you like yeah. I, there's, this is it's not just oh i can think about this in a couple of years when it's worse or i can think it you know it's not my top priority right now i have other things going on so i don't really have to think about it even if it's small little changes in practice you're still doing something about it like going uh, going vegan because you want to do something for the environment or as simple as just changing from a plastic to a to a metal straw or using a metal reusable water bottle if you're doing small things like that you're going to have a long-term impact because you're taking business away from the plastic plastics industry or you're taking money away from the agricultural farming industry which are which is a huge contributor to uh, carbon footprints it actually has a bigger carbon footprint than our the emissions that we ca- that come from from cars and trains and transport so i think if people feel that there is a more detrimental effect that is happening from our you know world globally warming i mean it's still global warming it's just more of a an immense pressure, an immense pressure that we have to face right now, and not just postpone it till it is more of a bigger problem. If you, if I, you want to assume that, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to say, I think what Sam is say, is saying is, how are you going to convince people that it really is a problem, and not just a buzzword? Is that what you're kind of going for? Yeah, I think a lot of young people have been convinced. Mm-hmm. I think we see. I know that's a question, but I we see a lot of um, young people demonstrating. I think part of that is due to the fact that I think young people, especially like university students, just like having a cause and want to protest against things. But I think that um, just education, like going through school in the years that we were going through elementary school, there was a lot of emphasis put on recycling and just the climate in general. So I think that the newer generation of people have um, care a lot more about the environment. Recycling's a scam. You know, well, we ship, you know, we ship our, a, a very small minority of recyclable material is actually yeah I, i'm sure okay we need more education behind the risk i think the concept of recycling mm-hmm. is a great concept because but the but the education behind recycling also, is like, not there a lot of places just like they send they it do. all to the same place they and just have separate we, yeah we send most of our in canada specifically send sent most of our recyclable material to east asia specifically the philippines i'm sure you yeah, remember the story i heard about that and it the 
the quality of the recyclable material that we sent was so poor. That's what caused the the, I guess, controversy because they were receiving basically unusable stuff that they just eventually that be recycled. Yeah. They eventually just burnt yeah. it or put it in their own landfills. Um, but I think then the problem isn't with recycling as a concept. Yeah. It would be how people recycle, execution. right? The exactly. execution. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Would you agree with that, Sam? Or you think the whole concept is is a scam? I think probably the birds work for the bourgeoisie. <laughs> probably reusing or limiting the things you buy is probably a lot better than recycling. I don't think recycling does. I much. think it's a hand in hand approach. Yeah, because then there's not as much waste. You're yeah. using it. Doesn't that help? You don't think that helps at all? Just buy less. I don't know. Yeah, but if you still buy less and you still, let's say, part of what you buy that is bought less contains plastics or recyclable materials, you should still have a program in place to properly recycle that. I mean, I definitely agree with you that the system that we have in place right now is really flawed. And a lot of people don't realize that recyclables are, can be really easily contaminated. Let's say, for example, you have a plastic container that you had like a sandwich in and there was food scraps in it and you put, just put all that into the recycling container. That's now all con- that's now all a contaminated bin because mm. you can't have any compostable materials in your compost. And so again, that just gets thrown to the landfill. That's not actually recycled. So I think we need to have more, educa- more education in the system of recycling. Like even, for example... Like a, a Pepsi can, if you had a can of pop, you can't put that into the recycling bin without rinsing it. But that's not even something that I knew until like recently. I didn't know until you told yeah. me. Exactly. I didn't know that either. You have to be so, but that's that. So we just need more education behind the matter as well as implement more process that actually puts more of, of a priority in our recycling system um, and act, and keeping the recyclable materials here to, to reuse, to melt down, to. Um, put back into a in a into a secondary form and not just shipping it out to some somewhere where the carbon emissions will just triple. I take issue with um I agree I generally agree with that. I think people should reuse certain things and like I use a reusable water bottle. Yeah, yay me, I'm so virtuous. Um but I take issue to the the if you want to talk about solutions, I take issue to the belief that, you know, reducing or changing your diet in a certain way like becoming vegan is better for the environment. When you think Canada is a country that's cold, I think we can all agree on that, a majority of the year. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these foods that vegans eat or people that are on an alternative diet have to be shipped over from overseas, sometimes very large distances from South America or uh, Asia. And those transportation costs, like those, they're not sailing here on solar panels. They're all it's using... less... No, actually, no. it's not. If the best thing you can probably do is if you buy local, and you uh, can't you. I mean, I guess you can't really have a balanced diet and buy local and be vegan because there's not like no. That's the that, thing. That, yeah. So because during certain months of the year, yeah. I, I, I take issue. Well, that's a whole other discussion. Take issue with the the natural. Well, the whole natural argument, which I mean, if the country in majority of the world it gets cold, and you're not going to grow kale or spinach when it's negative 20 i mean you're gonna have to hunt that's why you stock like how it works in my Mm -hmm. family and with what i do personally is you you use preserves and you make like that's that's what all october is about like you know you can yeah you ferment that yeah and as well as like we have a cantina and stuff like that and things like vegetables like um like for example squash that can last from when it is harvested Mm -hmm. to the end of the winter that can last you if it's kept in a cold place um things like you know rice or whatever i mean you'll never be able to buy that canadian grown but that's like any not not Mm -hmm. the only 
you know, not just vegans eat rice. Everybody eats, well, most people eat rice. Um, it's just the, it's the idea that even, I mean, no, no, no diet is going to be completely free of carbon emission. It's just that it's, less it's lesser you're having a lesser impact uh, like oxford university press they produ- they produced um an article saying that ditching animal products could reduce your carbon footprint by 73%. That's not 100%. You're still going to have a bit of an impact, mm-hmm. but you're still reducing it 73% more than if you were to eat meat and dairy. But I agree with you from the standpoint of like eating local even if you don't decide to go vegan or you don't decide to go vegetarian because I'm not going to say that it is a diet for everybody. I mean, I know a couple individuals and they've dealt with like eating disorders and stuff like that and they've um, you know, their body has been in a state of just depletion for so many years and they've dealt with so many things mm-hmm. that they physically they have been advised that they physically cannot pursue that kind of diet yep. uh, but if it, it even if you're not fully vegan and you do meatless mondays which i think is a pretty common term or you just you buy from a local uh, local supermarket a local farmer's market and you do s- simple things like that you may not be reducing your carbon footprint by 73 percent if you go all the way but you can still be reducing it by a certain amount and i think that's the idea that you even if you just do a little bit you're still having a long-term impact the problem comes when people think oh you know i'm only reducing by uh 10 percent or you know my vote doesn't matter that whole mentality it dominoes and it does have an effect later on and it's not just about food mm-hmm. with carbon footprints. Um, like you mentioned fast fashion earlier. Yeah. I know that the clothing industry is like absolutely awful in terms of um, waste and emissions. So doing things like thrifting or I guess just not buying fast fashion, trying to keep things. Um, I think that's just in general trying to conserve what you buy and what you consume. I think what people are so opposed to it is they don't just see that the tax policy changes like the carbon tax and whatever. Um, but they also see... Like, I'm going to tell the audience to notice, and you'll, you'll probably start to notice if I tell you these things. If you go on any kind of mainstream uh, news publication, you won't notice it every day, every week. But cha- uh, look, they'll, uh, they'll start suggesting how cockroaches are the, fut- the protein of the future oh. and how we should eat less milk, less meat. Uh, I saw one, I think it was by the BBC, about how cockroach milk might replace uh, dairy Cockroaches make milk? It was news to me, too. You can make almond milk from your home. Like, I make it all the time. You literally just soak almonds. You don't need to go find a cockroach and milk it. (laughs) Okay, that was... I'm just saying. (laughs) It's true. If you you take notice, you'll start to notice. And also, it's all these lifestyle changes. Like, I saw uh, ones that say, have less children or have no children. But don't you think that we're going to have to change our lifestyle? Like, I think um, you Mm -hmm. said earlier that developing countries are becoming developed and that's what's causing a lot of the global emissions to go up and i believe that um but the whole world can't live like we do in the developed world it's not sustainable okay so why so maybe we all have to change our lifestyle maybe we can like we're going to keep pointing fingers until it gets to then the majority has to be get accustomed due to the minority is basically what you're saying how so wouldn't we be the minority aren't they the majority like fair enough okay (laughs) <laughs> well, we're just going to go well, to the co- lowest common denominator where we're all living in cages and I mean. drinking no. cockroach milk. No, I didn't but go that not, far. No. <laughs> hey, I don't know. Listen. Almond milk? You don't uh, have to milk cockroaches milk for that. I one at a time. One, one at a time. It is not. It is. I'm going to squeeze my nuts and where then drink it. Where does it come it. from? Mm, one, where one are almonds time. nipples? Sorry. <laughs> what? Where does almond milk come from? If you don't like almond, try oat. Oat? It's really creamy. I like strawberry. Oh, God. Anyway, 
<laughs> Looking at all like scholarly reports, because I mean, you cannot deny that the world is that even if you don't see that. Oh, you know, through my lifetime of twenty. 22 years, oh, 21 years, I'm almost 22. <laughs> Through my lifetime, you know, it hasn't been that vast. It hasn't been like, you know, the dinosaurs went extinct because that was a climate change. That, that was a cooling effect and that's what caused the ice age and that's what yeah, caused the Yeah, because a extinction. meteor hit the planet. Yeah, but not only, but that still caused a climate change and that still I was, think that's a, that's a... It did. It did. Yeah, I, I know. It, yeah, it's one hypothesis. Are you, do you have a problem with her comparing... What what is happening yeah, now? An to extraterrestrial a hitting the object hitting the planet is a little different than we are surrounded by meteors. I didn't meteors. recycle this morning. Oh my god! Listen, listen. We have to start accommodating because we are still facing global temperature mm-hmm. rise rising. Where global temperatures rising? I don't know if that's a narrative anymore. It is. I think the narrative changing. is that temperatures are becoming extreme one way or the other, and that the rate of natural disasters are increasing. When the temperature rises, mm-hmm. to, like, look at the, the, the Gulf Stream, for example. Um, the, if you go from the Arctic to the stream that comes down, like, it's the Paci- I think it's pa- the Pacific, and it's super cold, and then it comes around, and then it, like, as the, you get closer to the equator, it heats up again. Mm-hmm. Once, you know, with the carbon emissions that get trapped within the Earth, because we have, they're not being able to be released, that heats over in the Arctic that heats the melt the ice, the ice caps so that melts the ice caps and that makes the water colder so you're going to have that that sway of it's not just just because something is heating doesn't mean something can't be cooling you know what i'm saying right but then why the change from global warming to climate change i mean i, I because I, it's I, not I, necessarily no, warming I, it's not I, yeah. it's not necessarily warming but i thought the heat world was heating up it is but that doesn't mean that other things can't be also cooling that's like, not what the things the, I read. Like water, water systems can be cooling just yeah. because things are rising, and that that affects a lot of our marine life because certain certain areas shouldn't be cold, but they are cold, and that causes migate mitigate migration, migration. There we go. <laughs> not mitigate. I'm getting well, a lot later, but let, um, sorry, Elliot. No, go ahead. Finish. Uh, uh what was I saying? Uh, but yeah. So because the global temperature is rising, and we are set to rise, uh, set to rise another 1.5 degrees, I think by. 2300 um those changes that are happening they used to like at the beginning of time if you want to go that far back there were always they were always like there were always going to be some form of climate change and some form of climate rise but that took millions upon millions of years to have any detrimental impact Mm -hmm. where we are now it doesn't take millions upon millions of years to see you know polar bear extinction or to see there's more polar bears today than there was but that's because of our own our own action as well. That was just a brief example. How many example. were there before? I think it was a couple thousand. I think there's a, uh, at least 11,000 now. I mean, that's a good thing. That means that we're doing some form of change. But regardless of the polar bear things. I just think it's a little... Different. I just mean, bef- you're talking about Al Gore's thing, right? Yeah. How many were there before that? Before... Like, have we gone like back to those levels? Scholarly documented. I think that's the point. Yeah. Okay. So even if we are, you know, in this period of rise, it's going to be happening instead of not instead of rise that or change that is happening over millions upon millions of years, which allows for species to adapt and to change. And for like, like even just going down to the basics of trees, you know, they have to start they, they take 
10, to move 10, a tree seed to move 10 meters and to grow to higher elevations so that they can reach, you know, peaks of sun and all that kind of stuff. It takes thousands of years to be able to do that. And the place that we are in right now with climate change, it's not millions upon millions of years for change. It's thousands upon thousands of years for change, which is cause, which means that we have to start adapting our own practices because we can't deny that we have done damage to this earth and that we aren't going to be experiencing the reprimand of our actions and that we are going to be experiencing rising in temperatures. But we have to start adapting. We have to start change. We have to start disvestment. We have to we have to start a new narrative and a new course of action to help combat what we have already caused. So in terms of changing the way we live, adapting, I want to talk about electric cars. Let's talk about scam. Buy a used car if you really care. If you really care, go to a lot, buy some beater you don't care about and drive that. Unless you want to, you know, are you talking like the cost of like the the emissions that are associated with like manufacturing and shipping? A, a giant lithium battery, yeah. But long term, does that do better than a uh, non electric car? Mm, I think because isn't the idea like you're changing the you're we're changing our lifestyle so that yeah. long term we can all be electric, yeah, or the the emissions are less, yeah, reducing our carbon footprint. So Sam, you don't think electric cars are the way? You don't think that they're a better option. They might be in the future. I mean, right now, I don't get the, the virtue signaling behind... Uh, but why I in the future? Why it. not start it now is the question. Because there's still so many, you know, the majority of cars aren't electric. And the majority of consumers buy an electric car because they think they're impacting the environment in a positive way, but it's not. It has to start somewhere. Even Toronto is implementing fully electric buses. That's starting yeah, next Yeah, they already month. did. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's the we first concern TTC should have. Is that yeah, like, true. TTC is <laughs> a whole issue yeah, on its own. But... The, the idea is that they're starting. And that could, you know be for a long-term gain. I mean, even if you look at the first Tesla compared to the Tesla that's now, the battery lasts so much longer and you can get so much more to a charge. The technology is definitely there. And we can definitely see it being, you know, the long-term for the future because a big cause of the, the big cause of the, big part of the um, the climate crisis narrative is disvesting in fossil fuels and investing in more renewable green resource. So if we're going to have this idea of disvesting in fossil fuels and we're going to limit our fossil fuels in the long run, mm-hmm. which I really think we should, we can't, we also, we have to find another energy source and that could sure. be electric cars. I mean, we still have to find a way to get around. Yeah. So I don't, I don't get this in, this hoping that eventually we'll find a way to produce a vehicle that doesn't in its production, does not produce any greenhouse gas emissions whatsoever. That's that's a whole other argument. It's less. <laughs> sure, it's less. Um, you can't be never. You can't be nothing. I mean, we're okay. always so we're going screwed, to have but something. We're screwed slower. I don't know. Uh, I just want to get into the details because I think if you're proposing solutions, you can't just be so broad and say, we need to divest or we need to recycle better. Like, sure, those are nice things to say, but if, you, if you're really... I wrote these down. If you're really <laughs> serious about... Uh, reducing emissions or reducing our carbon footprint, you could limit trade with big emitters, big emitting countries. Um, You could develop your own industries where you can control the regulations, you can control labor safety, labor laws, whatever. Um, You can invest in nuclear and hydro, which are honestly the only real uh, alternative energy sources that are renewable to a certain degree with nuclear. And then you can control... The rates of immigration and population growth in higher per capita countries that are developed, like Western Europe, Eastern Europe, and North America. But none of those are actually discussed, and none of those are given honest weight, because we'd rather say, 
I'm going to be so virtuous. I'm going to recycle. I'm going to drive my you little my little battery powered you know cut cart. Uh, renewable, uh, like switching to renewable energy, is talked about. No, yeah, it's talked about in solar and wind, but those are minuscule. And they don't produce nearly enough energy to no, meet they national don't. needs. But no, but you can combine yeah. um, those with hydroelectricity, which does, and mm-hmm. then they would meter. Like we could be completely renewable in that sense. Sure, hydro is very regional specific. I'm sure you know. Like, yeah, it, it requires lots of rivers and dams. Yes. So but, water. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which can has a lot of <laughs> and uh, space for uh, like wind dams. turbines and yeah. solar panels. Yeah, as well. But I don't really see, that's just one of the ones I mentioned, but I don't really see this discussion about nuclear as an example. And you have to look at, if, you, if we, we really should develop our natural resources and we should strive to be as independent, as energy independent as possible, if you acknowledge that we can control our own regulations around emissions and stuff like that, uh, why wouldn't we? I mean, the opportunity cost is that we import these energy, you know, like petroleum from countries where they don't give a shit about you know, how they control their carbon. They don't have carbon scrubbers or whatever, or the labor yeah. laws. So why wouldn't we? But I, that's never discussed because I think we just paint this broad picture about, mm, I see smoke, smoke bad. You don't want smoke. Uh, well, I mean, I do, I, I agree with you in part there. I mean, I think, um, you know, especially if, if Canada, which is, has, has really high standards and we start putting more, of a weight on what needs to be done here locally compared to what's going on, you know, sending out and exporting it all to be done globally where those standards aren't the same. Um, And that comes with big business as well. Like, you know, let's say Nike, for example, having all their sweatshops going on, um, not caring about human life, not caring about human dignity and not caring about the environment at all. Uh, If we start to put more standards in here and focus the industry here that's definitely something that would would help long term, and you're you're right from that standpoint. Um, but we are such a, a westernized capitalist world, which makes that incredibly hard and really sad when you think about it. That one of the biggest potential things besides disvestment that could really help us wouldn't necessarily occur just because of money. And um, and I think even like uh, the Liberal Party is supposed to care about the environment. And Trudeau talked about the environment a lot. He, um, I read recently he's going to plant plant twenty million or two billion, billion I think two, two billion, billion yeah. trees with the proceeds from the pipeline that he just bought. So I think I don't think that no, it doesn't balance out. out. And you just I we need to well, get serious about because how else would you transport oil via train, which is more unsafe. no. He said he was going to plant two billion trees to offset the damage to the environment done by the pipeline. So I don't but, think it balances. But those don't it, balance no, out. I don't know if it balances it out, but isn't it? A, it's going to take a while for those trees to sure contribute positively to the environment. But then looking back at other examples, isn't planting two like two billion trees a start? Isn't it doing? Yeah, I mean, I think you starts. could start at not buying a pipeline. Personally, how, how else would you transport petroleum? But then, if you don't buy a pipeline, then you have don't to... have petroleum. <laughs> okay, I then we're going to we're going to have wind turbines the size of you know the CN Tower in each of our backyards. I think well then no. It, no. it comes down to no. the research well, that needs to be implemented and what no, has to be it. what is stu- being studied now and the activism that is study that is happening now to start figuring out ways or not even just figuring out because I'm sure we're there um, I'm no scientist so I don't really understand <laughs> the exact um, you know intricacies of what has to occur but. Um, it definitely has its platform now, and we're definitely looking into ways that we can just be fully away from the fossil fuel and petroleum-based industries. Uh, so, I mean, in, in an ideal world, and you know, I don't 
agree with the pipeline, then that money that was invested in the pipeline should have been invested in in green renewable resources. Because if you look at the statistics and you look at what's going on, the farther off that we delay doing something about climate the climate crisis and the farther we don't the further we you know deny it or don't have any real structurally sound courses of action to help combat our climate crisis every year we hesitate or don't do anything it adds 500 billion to the cost of being able to actually have an effect on what we're doing to the world. Well, we have a comment from Moralia that kind of agrees with both of you, Sam and Jessica. Uh, She goes, I agree that nuclear energy is one of the cleanest sources of energy compared to solar panels that need battery power and cause pollution when they are made. Uh, Also, materialism is poisoning our planet. And she says that you can start um, uh, at boycotting anything made in China to prevent climate change. But um, going back to the pipeline, Without the pipeline, you're looking at getting because you're not going to eradicate fossil fuels in a day. So if you don't get the Even pipeline, in a couple of decades, exactly. So without the pipeline, you're going to have to get foreign oil. And working with a country like Saudi Arabia would 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 you say is a worse option than a pipeline that uh, allows Canada to grow, Jessica? Uh, that's why I said that I don't fully agree with the pipeline. I didn't say that I 100% against or 100% for. I mean, I'm not, I'm a realist at heart. So I understand that there's a lot of, there's a lot more contributing factors in, coming into play besides just like, you know, pipeline is good, pipeline is bad. Uh, and there's, there's arguments for and there's arguments against. I mean, from the arguments for, it keeps it more localized and we don't have to go overseas and we're not incre- increasing our, our global emissions by transporting from so far away. Um, so from that standpoint, yeah, I mean, it's, it's positive because we are still going to be, we're not going to be fully disvested for, for quite a while. I mean, it's such, a, it's such an embedded part of not just our country, but globally. Um, but why I'm like mainly against is just because the amount of money that is that is involved um, to implement this pipeline and the amount and the lack of work that is being done to research and implement more green technology is, is where my issues are at. Um, and that's why I think that, you know, as much as you are saving from the standpoint of you're not having to work with, like, let's say Saudi Arabia and you're not getting that, that dirty oil and you're not, you know, you're taking it out of Canada. You, um, we're also not doing enough to truly disvest and truly get into the process of getting rid of What do you mean divestion? Like, I'm familiar with the term a little bit, but I So divestment is literally divest like disinvesting from the fossil fuel industry so mm-hmm. cutting all ties with anything that is not um that is not environmentally ethical so mm-hmm. fossil fuels carbon emissions that's really how ha- that there there's there's facts upon fact upon like you can't deny that the carbon industry is bad for the the environment um and so and our carbon b- footprint is rising rapidly so disinvesting from the fossil fuel industry and investing in green technology is what the course of action is needed to have a truly ecologically sound and environmentally aware um, system of of energy so let's talk about how we're combating climate change as a whole because uh we had a massive worldwide climate strike uh, you're shaking your head, Amara. Didn't what are your thoughts on that? Justin Trudeau strike 
he in did. Montreal. Against himself. Against, like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And like we predicted on the show, like Amara rightly said, I remember, it was a fad. Thank you. And mm-hmm. no one, have you ever, have you even heard nope. Greta Thunberg's name in the media for like the last week and a half? I, nope. I did because yeah, she was in Vancouver, uh, yeah. Victoria, but 5,000 It absolutely 5, was a fad. I think um, it was just something that people could feel good about and post on their Instagram story that they were there. It was like it was like the new Coney 2012. Remember that? <laughs> yes. It's, it's like, shit. and again, like just the fact that Justin Trudeau was there protesting against like world governments not taking climate change seriously enough when he is the leader mm-hmm. of our country is ridiculous. And I think that just proves that nobody's taking it seriously. And it's not like he had a minority government where he couldn't implement his policies. Exactly. He was, he had a majority government. If he wanted to do something, he could have done something. Now he's in a minority government, but. The NDP is probably going to help him. When he could do something, he did buy a pipeline, which I understand um, the benefits it has to the Canadian economy. But I think with how much he made climate change an issue for him, it doesn't. It, it's yeah. it just it's doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, it's hypocritical. So this climate strike, though, as as uh, you guys mentioned, it was a fad. Do you think it really did anything no. other than show mm. that people are if, concerned? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, go ahead. Um, if anything, I mean. I don't know, maybe it's just because it's you know, the social media that I um, ingest or what I uh, ingest. Is that no, the right word? Terrible. Follow? Follow? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a part of? Your bubble? My bubble? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, what I look at or what I see or what I do, um, I mean, it's still a very big topic of conversation for me and the people that I, you know, hang out with and, and surround myself with. Um so, I mean, from my standpoint, like, I'm still trying to do as much as I personally can. From the vast standpoint, I mean, I de- I'm not going to deny that a lot of people were out there for the Instagram pic. I think that that's just fact. That's what happens when there's, when there's any big global thing. And it's, you know, surrounded by... I mean, even if you look at a couple years ago and there was that, that Instagram post going around, every time this is shared, then a tree is planted. Like, mm-hmm. where were the facts behind that yeah, where and, were the trees and one where like, were the one trees prayer, guys <laughs> oh my god that, that's a whole different concept. thing but it's yeah it's the same con- like where is the what happened with that are there actually trees millions of trees planted now i mean i mean maybe but the cynic of me is saying i don't see it so i don't know i don't think so um but going back to the, just like the the idea of climate striking um i mean and, and- i think it's a I think it's great. I mean, people are getting out there and even if it's not necessarily doing something, it is still causing awareness. But then the biggest awareness that has to come still and what I am not seeing and what really bothers me is, um, you know, our as as individuals, what our biggest impact is, is not just going out one Friday and taking off school to, to protest, which I still think is is a great cause but also you can't just do that and do nothing that's not going to have you know the impact that is needed what you have to start doing is you know watch your diet if you can watch the fat fashion start making uh, a fuss with the corporations that you support because of it because consumer corporations listen to what you do look at the walmart effect when walmart said that they weren't going to allow any wood in their store that wasn't rainforest alliance approved every bitter that they had working with Walmart became Rainforest Alliance approved. So you definitely have power with corporations. And that is what that is like the biggest thing us as individuals and us as citizens can do for the climate awareness because we are in such a capitalist and Western westernized society. Well, uh, with Greta Thunberg uh, being the, the leader of this climate strike and this climate movement, 
what kind of message are we sending? Because people already think that millennials are entitled. And when you have, she's also not a millennial. I know people she's, refer she's to Gen like Z. people like not she's everybody 14. under sixteen. Did she say no? Under like yeah. thirty five is a millennial. It's like the sorry. It's just like yeah. A, apparently, the biggest generation to ever exist. For sure, um, we're but, not millennials. No, we're Gen Z. Yeah, are, we're not. No, we're not. No. We're Gen Z. What oh. year were you born? Ninety eight. Ninety eight. Gen Z. Oh. Okay. Well, people think millennials <laughs> and Gen Z are very entitled. So to have a sixteen year old telling the world what to do. What that's you, not entitled. You don't well, think she that's spe- entitled? She specifically told, spe- I think kids was her, uh, in that clip I saw, she said she wants people to be afraid and to be at like unrest. I she specifically said afraid. I think she was not a good uh, face for the climate change movement. I think she was. I don't I, think a 16-year-old should be the face of a climate change of movement. Of any sort of political movement. Well, no. I, yeah, I, I, it's where we, we disagree. Well, they look, the pe- people that weigh, uh, that push their influence around. They know that children are an effective marketing tool. You saw that with the, the gun control debate in the U.S. I'm sure Stoneman you'll see... Douglas children. Yes. I'm sure you'll see that again with any other kind of uh, political movement they want to push. Yeah. But it's an effective tool and you're going to see it... You saw it again with Greta Thunberg and you'll see it with somebody, something else. I just it just shows how desperate they are. Yeah, I don't think people t- take her seriously. People don't take kids seriously. I think people like to see children being politically active but they don't necessarily listen to what they're saying. I think it's just kind of like, how cute that kid is, you know, like if you're, somewhat politically aware. If you're making a difference yourself, for example, you look at Mark Kielberger. He started uh, Me To We uh, by actually going to Africa and building schools himself. He didn't just go and preach something and then travel around the world and just talk. It was like yell at people. Exactly. He did something about it. And now a whole movement has built around it uh, from that start. But... It started with him doing something about it personally, not just preaching. I think they're different, though, because mm-hmm. um, he also... That well, go, go plant some trees. They're, I, I guess. They're free the children, right, as well? Like, mm-hmm. it was me to and free the children. Yes, that's free the children. Sorry, um, yeah. you, you can go to Africa and build a school. You know, you can't exactly, like, I don't know, make pipelines, you know, stop them from being built or stop uh, or make everybody buy an electric car, you know? I think the climate crisis is not... Um, it's not as easy for individuals to make a difference. It starts with awareness and it starts with a discussion as with anything of importance. And um, I think with what she is doing and with the platform that she is creating, yeah, she's young, but she also does have an influence. And she also has gotten a lot of people more aware about the the ideas. And even if, you know, a 30-year-old or a 6-year-old isn't going to listen to and just blows her off, which I think is a problem in itself, I mean... If she if she has facts and she has a discussion, why can't you listen to her because she's younger? Uh, but also, you know, younger kids they'll see her and they'll see okay, this is what she's doing. She's a political activist. She's an um, environmental activist. What can I start doing? And you know, it increases the education from a younger age. So she maybe she's not going to stop the pipelines being implemented. Maybe she's not going to stop the rise of global climate but she is also influencing our next generation and the younger generations of children that are going to be dealing with a lot more of the brute force of climate change if we don't start doing something right about it now but she's also 16 so she doesn't have all the facts she hasn't she's lived. very educated if you listen to her though she knows what she's talking about she doesn't not know what she's you ever talking seen her about. go off script i mean she's a 16 year old i don't she like she also this has fixation. asperger's 
I think she was okay. too emotional. Like that speech where she was the how dare you speech. Yeah. That's how so famous. You? I think it just gives people, um, like you said, this is a very conservative, like left wing, right wing issue. Mm-hmm. I think it gives people on the right the ability to say, like, look at this. She's just she's emotional and then they can just disregard everything that she's saying. Yeah. Passion because comes this woman with emotion, has clearly though. lost composure. <laughs> Oh. Because, I think you need to keep composed when you're trying to you yeah, know, I mean, relay a message, though, especially if you want people who don't already agree with you to take you seriously. Something so dire, you'd think, but oh no. Well, I think that's the idea, right? That it's so dire, that's why she's so emotional, but... Yeah. But, yeah. but like, you're, realistically, she comes from... Where is she from again? Sweden. 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 She has a very comfortable life, I would say. Probably. Th- this climate did not steal her childhood, okay? It's, that's I agree not the with full that. quote... She's what she, she, I mean. You have stolen my dreams, and you have stolen my my childhood. That was that was part of yeah, the but quote. But she is one of the lucky ones. So you look at all the other children that are in you know third world countries and all that kind of stuff. I, say I that think those countries were kind of garbage to begin with, and it was not just this. But they're still getting the brute for, the brute force of extreme weather. But I think if like climate that. change wasn't an issue, I think their lives would not be that much better. Mm-hmm. Those children in developing countries. Yeah. Well. That's where we have to end the discussion there. Uh, that was our show for this week. Thank you to everyone that tuned in, and uh, thank you to uh, the one person who messaged us live. Uh, a brand new episode of The Robin Report will be coming to you next week, same day, same time, same people. Have a great day, everyone.